One, two, three. Do it. Oh, back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brownmarker. With me, as always, my compatriot, Mike Anderson. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. It's good to be back on the Scolder Podcast. Good to be back, as always. Um, obviously, as you heard, just the intro there, um, we are... We're, 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 no, we're no longer showcasing the Miracle Game right now. I, I, don't, I don't think we need that right now, um, especially in these dark times for our favorite Minnesota Vikings. I assume by dark times you're referencing the debate we just came off of. Well, I mean, that's I, I wouldn't really call it dark times because we've been living in that for a while. So, I mean, how much darker can it get, right? Yeah. But aside from politics, because I, I think I think we all know. Okay, another we, we podcast. Have, we have we have people from both sides of the aisle that like to listen to us talk about the Vikings. So, we welcome you all here. Again, you like the podcast. You think we got some good stuff to say? Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. You know, we we love to talk to you guys. Drop in on Twitter. We we love to interact with you guys. So, um, all that aside, Mike. Mike. Yeah. Hit me with it. Mike. 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 I was right. You were wrong. Mike. I'm assuming this is an apology podcast for the most part. Well, for you, yes, you should be apologizing to me. No, no, no. We were very much in the game. We're going you, three, Mike. You and the rest of Vikings Twitter thought the world was ending, and yet here we Mike, come we're out three. against an undefeated team, a team that Mike, went to the AFC three. Championship, Mike, and they we're play a game they should have won. It, we're it, 0 three. It, you know, it's not as bad okay, as you okay, made it out to okay, be. Hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. I hate when people say they should have won because should have won doesn't mean crap. Did no, we it win? does. It does mean it does no, mean something. Did, did we win? Did we win? No, they did not. Then it doesn't matter. It does matter. No, it doesn't. Did we win? For an 0-2 team against that caliber, it does matter. Did we win? No. Then it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter, and, and your logic is flawed because you just you just got done both the, the previous weeks explaining that the way we lost mattered. Well, guess what? If, if the way we okay, lost okay, okay. on that side Mike, matters, then okay. the way we lose this side matters. Okay, okay. Then let's look at the way we lost, Mike. We had the ball with a minute 44 left. And the offensive line was horrible in key situations. Okay. <laughs> we still lost with a minute 44 left, and all we needed was to get one point. They did. They need. They needed to go down, and uh, you know I felt good about Cousins having a chance. You had Justin Jefferson playing the game of his life. Obviously, you got Thielen. You got Delvin. But when he drops back and they're rushing three guys against five and you have immediate pressure, what are you supposed to do? And you don't see how that's concerning for the rest of the year. It is. Listen, let's rewind slightly. I was still concerned about the year coming into this game. But what was my biggest thing? It was that this team was not nearly as bad as they had made out, been made out to be after two games. And I think that they proved that last week 
playing against now a 3-0 Titans team in a game that, yes, they didn't win. You're correct. But uh, I think I saw they were 78% win percentage coming out of the coming out of half. I mean, it's a game that they were in a great position to win. You still are young. Um, I guess my thing is that the, the world isn't ending. And, and I think that that's okay. where you have all made it out to be. And, and it's, it's a little unfair. Okay, here's, 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 where, here's where I'm going at this from a, from a realist angle. And I think you're overselling my downness on this team. Well. What, what do you see this team doing in 2020? Do you see this as a playoff team? Possibly. Do you realistically see this as a playoff team? Do you think I, that I, we I can think... win... I, I think you, th- you think that we can win at least eight games because I, I think it's at least eight and eight to get to get the playoffs. I think right now when you look, um, and, and I realize people will be like, "What?" But when you find look, only five losses in that schedule, here's the thing: when you look at the current standings and you understand they're adding a team, so you're getting to seven. Um, you've got the NFC East, which is a train wreck. Uh, you, you've Minnesota. If if Minnesota were able to win two or three games in a row, just get to five hundred. They're most likely going to be tied for a playoff spot. So, am I going to sit here and tell you that a team that had such lofty expectations the last two years goes on the road and beats a Saints team uh, doesn't have the ability to make the playoffs this year? Absolutely, I'm not going to quit on this team after three games. So, yeah, I still think playoffs are potentially in the cards. Um, I'm not going to tell you it's likely, but I certainly respect and 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 have much more appreciation for this team after the way they played. Uh, week three against against Tennessee Titans. Okay, so week four, if it happens, we'll touch on that in a second. But week four against the 0 3 Houston Texans, if we lose that game, where are you at then? I think 0 4, you're, I mean, you're, you're, subs- you're at a substantially uh, greater disadvantage to come out of that and, and try to make playoffs, even with an added team. Uh, you know, I think that if, you know, I mentioned if you're going to fight your way back and try to get to 500. It has to include a win this week, especially when you look at the fact that you're playing an 0-3 team as well. In my mind, you needed a win against this team to have a shot to get back to to where you need to be. And right now, I mean, you can say what you will, but we were in the game. The fact of the matter is this defense is absolutely atrocious. We're missing our top two corners, which already were a rookie and a second-year guy. Um they're still out. We're missing our top D end. We have nothing for a run stop. Um, Derek Henry just ran absolutely all over us. I I don't see any kind of defense that we can put forth to stop or slow down some of these high-powered offenses that we're going to see in the playoffs or even the rest of this year. You look at our schedule. We have to go up against the Cowboys. We have to go up against the Saints. We have to go up against Green Bay again. We have to go up against... Matthew Stafford twice, who can throw down. We have to go up against Nick Foles, who I don't need to remind you the last time we played Nick Foles, how that went. Um, so in order to get to 8-8, eight and eight, I think that's a tall order at this point. It, it, I'm not, Personally. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you it's not a tall order, right? You start out 0-3. Um, you know, uh, math would tell me that you, you got to go 8-5 and five to, to get to that. Uh, the rest of the way, which which especially if you were to lose this week, it makes it even more difficult. Listen, I'm not. This isn't a show where I'm trying to tell you that they're going to fight to eight in the playoffs. But my big thing on the podcast last week was that the team we saw the first two weeks was not conducive to the 
to the club that I thought was there. And I, and I think they showed that. They showed signs of life. You nailed it. We were down even more. We were down, uh, I believe, what? We were missing Mike Hughes, Cam Dantzler last week. You're still without Daniil yep. Hunter. But I think you saw Gladney take a step. Or is he absolutely still learning? For sure. But he made a couple of nice plays. The defense is going to struggle until we can get those guys back. Um, but you saw an offense that looked functional. They looked strong, uh, certainly until the fourth quarter and especially that last drive. You had Justin Jefferson go for 175. You had Thielen catch a touchdown. You had uh, Delvin basically run wherever he wanted. I mean, you saw some signs of optimism. And so I think, you know, a big frustration to me is that you have this burn it down mentality on, and I keep referencing Vikings Twitter, but you have this burn it down mentality. And in reality, I've, I've mentioned this many times. A couple of years ago, you had the LA Rams that went to a Super Bowl and, and probably should have won it, didn't, and then missed the playoffs last year. And then last year, you have San Francisco, a team that went to the Super Bowl and again probably should have won it and didn't. You know, if that if that catch gets made by Emmanuel Sanders, you know, different podcast, but easily two teams that could have won a Super Bowl and then are going to ultimately end up missing the playoffs most likely a year after. Football is such an up and down game, and I think the biggest thing for me is to bring this all into context and understand there are still players on this team and that it just blows my mind that how much, and I, I know I'm looping you in a little bit, but I feel like you guys are telling us that we've, we've gone back to square one when in reality, there's still a base here. There's just a lot of new players and not a lot of new pieces and we got to grow a little bit, man. So I, I will agree with the offense has a base because it, I mean, in reality, you lost digs, everything else in that is relatively the same. The system is relatively the same. Um, guard play is atrocious, but that's that's something we need to solve later. Yeah. Um, but you look at defense, what's supposed to be a strength of this team. Okay. What is supposed to be Mike Zimmer's forte in being able to coach and, and get tuned up. And you look at the, the draft capital and cap capital investment yeah. in that defense. We are, if not last second or third to last in almost every single category on defense. And we are not the only defense that is suffering injuries. That is not acceptable when you have a defensive-minded head coach. Not acceptable, period. So, I mean, the whole burn-it-down thing really comes into play if this thing really goes off the rails. Well, Okay, and again, you know, I, I think you look in the preseason and you had – you know, I don't know how much the national media people are going to you know, take it with a grain of salt, but you had a, a Good Morning Football, great show, love it, can't recommend it enough. Um, coming in, looked at our defense and said, listen, you got Harris Smith, Ant- Anthony Harris, two of the best safeties in the NFL. You've got Kendrickson Barr, two really solid linebackers. And then you've got Hunter Ngakwe now at the ends coming in. You've got guys at every level that are elite at their level. And we haven't been able to see really that full team with Hunter out and now Barr going out early on. We're not going to see it this year. Um, we knew that this, we knew that the corners were young. We knew without Michael Pierce that the, the interior was going to be a bit of a struggle. And then you come in and you get a basically the same Packer team that went and won 13 games last year that comes out against that defense. It's tough. And, yeah, it sounds like you're making an excuse, but – I'm just telling you, give this defense a little bit of time under Zimmer to evolve. And I, I realize time is of the essence, right? Because if we're looking at trying to scramble to 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, and, um, you're basically, you, you've pushed the time to the end. But 
I think it's unfair to say still burn it down because you look at those linebackers, you look at those defensive ends, you look at Anthony Harris. Um, yeah, Harrison Smith's getting a little older. you got guys that are still young and still have a lot of good years left that are on the defensive side of the ball. I guess, I guess to me at this point, it's if you're not reasonably going to be able to do anything in the playoffs, what, what, why, why fight as hard as you are? Why, why are you putting some of your assets at risk? Why are you doing that and and decreasing your your draft pick? So, well, okay, come on. If if this is a question of if you're out there trying, you know, in the NFL, guys are going to compete because you're in an. I, I, I understand that. that. I, I understand. I, I I totally understand that. But if if worst case scenario, we enter the buy at zero and six. Yeah. Are are you realistically still going to be throwing out your guys are that you don't want to get injured. Are you are you going to put out Hunter there if he's got a neck injury? Are, are you going to actually no, put him out there? I, I, are you going to shut him down? Are, are you going to put out Kirk Cousins there, who you're paying 30-plus million a year, or are you going to shut him down? That's that's where I'm getting in the territory of there's a point, and we're getting close to it, where this thing gets shut down quick. Well, listen, okay, a couple things. One, we're not getting close to it. There's a lot of teams. There's 10 teams that don't have a win. That's a third of the league is does not have a win in the, in the NFL right now. Okay, so I, I think they're far and away from getting to that point. But two different things. If Hunter, if, it, if this team is 0-6 and Hunter has come not come back, um, I think at that point, yeah, you're, you're probably actually IRing him or you're, you're extending that. Um, you're probably not bringing him back this year. If Cousins has been healthy and this team is 0-6, he's your quarterback. Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna bench him. I don't. You're not gonna bench Thielen. You you know those guys are gonna go out and play. Um, I think they might be a little more cautious as you get later in the game. You you might see Thielen in less. You might see some rookies coming in a little bit more. But Cousins specifically, um, he's gonna be your quarterback. I mean, it, it's the NFL. You're going out. You're trying to win football games. Zimmer, Spielman, all these guys have a lot on the line. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's to me, it's getting more and more evident that, that this this style of, of winning is isn't necessarily sustainable with heavily investing in the defense. You look at all the top teams in this league right now, and it's all offense, it's all offense, it's all okay. offense. Well, but I mean, I've been saying this for three years, and you've not agreed with it. So what caused you to flip? Because I've been telling you, it's a passing league. It's built more on moving the ball, throwing the ball. If you recall, before Stefanski left, I was on the train of we need to replace Zimmer with Stefanski because we needed to have the offensive injection. The, the, the margin for error in this in this style of win is just it's too small. Here's the thing: I, I I think that actually you can have you can have Zimmer lead. A de- so here's the thing: there's two sides of the ball, right? Zimmer can lead the defense however he wants to lead it. I just don't understand why Zimmer needs to play this slow offensive in his mind. He needs to run, slow the game down for his defense. Why can't you just have a really good defense, but then also have an explosive offense that comes out and tries to pass the ball two or three times? You know, you watch the Chiefs. You watch these guys move the ball. It's pass, pass, pass. Or, you know, why can't you have both? And and maybe someone will talk Zim into that. Otherwise, I think you're right. He's The writing might be on the wall. The the reason why he doesn't do that is because he wants to um, keep his defense off the field for as much as possible, and oh. and whether whether that's the right call or not, I think I think we've seen that proven out in the stats in, in the last several years here, where just scoring a whack ton of points by throwing it and and being uh, more aggressive with your play calling is far superior to running the ball and eating clock. 
We know this, but that is not Zim's philosophy. That has not been his philosophy for his entire coaching career. I don't think we're going to get that changed. Well, that's why he. That's why Kubiak is here because he is that run first style. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, uh, I think that uh, opposing offenses are doing a great job of getting our defense off the field because they're scoring relatively quickly. But uh, unfortunately, our own offense is getting that defense right back on the field relatively quickly. So, uh, yep. But I guess you know. Biggest thing for those of you out there that are with me, and I know you're out there listening, there were some reasons for optimism, and and uh, bear with us a little here. Ed. I think you can, you could probably talk to some of them, right? How about that, Justin Jefferson? Uh, looks Man, like I mean, that looks I mean, like we, that might be a home run. Am I right? Coming coming in coming out of camp, you know, we we heard you mentioned that we heard a lot from the camp that this this kid's this could be the next Moss level guy, and you see this game and you're like. Okay, wow, that was he's making some really good catches. He was in the right spot to take advantage of, of some zone coverage. Just squirrely as, as, as all heck when he's trying to get tackled. So, I mean, you look at that game, 175 yards, I think that was more than Moss in his in his rookie debut. Um, obviously, this is his third game, but, I mean, what a coming out party for the kid. Seven catches, 175, and, and, a, and a tutty on there. Um if we get even a fraction of this going forward, I, I think I think we found a really solid receiver in the first round, one that I think we've sorely needed. I think what is the stat? He has more receiving yards in three games than Laquan Treadwell had in three years with the yeah, Vikings. So, yeah, and you know what I love most about it was we saw every element. We saw the speed, right? We saw that touchdown catch. Uh, down the right-hand side where we saw the speed. We saw a difficult catch in uh, in the middle with guys hitting him. We saw, I think, his best catch of the day on the left sideline where he went up and got the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is a, this is a special player. I'll tell you what, you, you don't see guys go for 175. You, you know how occasionally you get a running back that will run for 100 yards, and you're like, oh, all right, yeah, well, and then you know, he never runs for 100 again. You don't see receivers go for 175. I mean, this this is relatively rare. He did it on nine targets, seven catches, uh, I, I think I think this kid is a special player. Um, I'm excited for that. I think it's a base to build on offensively. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have Delvin. Um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it would appear you have uh, Cousins there as well. But uh, you know, you got to be excited about. It, it looks like they made the right choice in the first round this year with the Jefferson pick. Hundred percent agree. Um, it's if that pans out to be. I mean, nothing. We're not going to do the comparative Diggs thing because I think they're two no. wildly yeah. different players, and I think Diggs is a phenomenal player. Obviously, he's proven that in in Buffalo, um, but I, I think if that if he pans out to be anywhere close to what the weapon Diggs was in this offense, um, you could be cooking with something, and you you could make a little bit of of waves um, if we can get some of this defensive stuff figured out. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 exciting times. I wish I wish we could get a little bit more Irv involved. I haven't seen much from him. We're still kind of waiting for that kind of breakout from Irv. I think all last year we we were waiting for that a little bit. We really didn't get it, and I'm still waiting for it this year. I don't know what they're doing with those packages. I haven't really been paying that much attention, but um, I think we got to get him more involved. We we got to really see how we can develop that more. Yeah, tight ends have we we touched on that last podcast that uh, tight ends have been. Um, you know, not really utilized in the passing game nearly as much. Obviously, Kyle Rudolph with a uh, catch of the year candidate on touchdown t- catch of the year here uh, back at the end zone this week, but only three catches, um, or, or sorry, two catches on three targets and Irv none. 
Uh, and then you go back the last couple weeks, I think there's only a couple catches each week. So, yeah, tight ends definitely less involved. Um, not sure if that'll continue, but but certainly would love to see a little bit more Irv on the field. And, and uh, you know, while we're on the offensive side, you know, I know that Delvin Cook signing right – you mentioned tonight we had the debate. We had the political debate. You got guys on both sides, and I think that's where the Delvin contracts falls. Right? You have guys on both sides. Um, right now, the proof is pretty much in the pudding that spending money on running backs does not work out. You look at the Le'Veon Bell's. You look at the David Johnsons. Uh, granted, David Johnson having a little bit of a resurgence. We'll get to see him this week against Houston. We'll talk about that in a mm-hmm. moment, but. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, a lot of money there, a Dallas team that's one and two and likes to move the ball through the air. You, you've spent the teams that have spent the money on running backs are struggling. Um, and so the Vikings go out and, and don't make as big of a contract for Dalvin. Um, but I believe it was a five year deal. I think you and I both agree it's probably going to be more of a three year deal, most likely. But, um, mm-hmm. end up spending some money on him. But man, let's talk about the op, the, the pro side, right? He looks like the best running back in the NFL this week, the way he's running the ball. 181 yards, he's catching the ball. He's, when he gets it in his hand, if there's any sort of space, he's finding the hole, he's making the cut. Um, so I think that's the pro side, right? He, he is an elite running back, but how do you balance that with the money spent and just the future view, right? I mean, I mean what are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, the future view, you have to look at it like um... – it's a really solid back. If he can stay healthy, like you said, he's one of the top backs in the league. Right now, third on the rushing list at 294 yards total. Um, that's that's a piece you can bank on. He also isn't a liability in pass protection. So if you need to have him in on those third downs and you need to run some, some different types of plays, he's not a liability in that situation. I think he had a couple really good uh, really good pass block um, opportunities versus the, the Titans. But, I mean... Is it more than you want to spend on that running back? Sure. But you look at the offensive line right now, you're going to be investing more draft capital on that. Right now, the really only expensive piece you have is Reef, which probably is going to be cut next year. So you're saving a little bit on the O-line, and you can afford Dalvin's contract for a couple more years before you need to start extending some of those pieces. Like like O'Neal's going to be coming up, and then Bradbury's going to be coming up after that. So by by the time those come due, you're going to have a couple years of Delvin and a couple years of this young O-line, hopefully, um, that you can take advantage of. So it, it becomes a balancing act of you know you're cheap in one area so you can afford to overpay a little bit in another. Yeah, and, and I think it's okay to be it's okay to be in the middle on this one. Um, you know, I think myself, I understand that it was probably a bad financial choice to spend money on Delvin. But I'm also really enjoying the game-to-game basis of, you know, I loved watching him run the football last week. And, and my hope is that even if it's not this year, that next year we have uh, a little bit more loftier expectations in, in the year after. And I'm going to love watching him run, run the football. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think you can be sitting in the middle there. Um, and then, you know, flipping over it a little bit to the defensive side of the ball, I think you saw Harrison Smith have – uh, you know, another Harrison Smith game, right? A, a gem of a game. He was all over the field, had a tackle for loss, had an interception, had nine, ten tackles. Um, he looked great. You had Ngakwe with another strip sack. Um, you saw some signs of life. I think Gladney uh, played a much better game. You know, I, I'm not sure what he gave up in coverage, but he had a couple plays where he dove and, and batted the ball away. So um, I think there were some reasons for optimism. Obviously, as you said, you still can't give up the 31. You can't blow that big of a lead. But there are some players here that are starting to turn the corner. And let's hope that 
we can piece it together here for for the back seventy five percent of the season. Yeah, and that's I mean that's really going to be the key. I mean you go into week four here, and uh, if week four happens for us on actually week four, we'll see what happens there. Obviously Tennessee had some players test positive for COVID. If you haven't heard that yet, um, so currently there is no practice that's going to be slated for tomorrow for the Vikings or for Tennessee. More than likely. Saturday, uh, I think I heard. Probably, well, Facilities I think are shut down. there's 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 some there's some nuance there in in how they need to treat that. So if the Vikings, I think the Vikings had no positive tests, they just seem to like get a bunch of clear positive tests. I don't know what's going to happen with the game. It's going to be postponed or what? Um, they haven't really said much yet, but there's there's a good chance the Vikings might not play this week, um, depending upon how all that pans yeah. out. So obviously they're 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 practicing an abundance of caution and that's good, um, but this, this is a little bit what we were afraid of when when the season was starting, um, this kind of thing happening. Yeah, uh, news broke today: three players, five personnel. Now the three players: one was a practice squad, one's a long snapper, and one played, um, you know, I think less than fifty percent of the snaps on. Uh, I think it was a defensive player. So um, the hope is that uh, you know not a lot of players were close to and and impacted there uh but you know remains to be seen uh hopefully the vikings end up playing this week if not uh you know i, I believe the nfl had a contingency plan for one week but it could get a little unique if if things start to spread um you know i just think in this world we don't need to go down that road but um yep. you know Defensively, I guess the big thing again, there were si- there were things on both sides of the ball. So let's look forward to this next week. So you have two zero and three teams. Uh, you have the Houston Texans at zero and three, a team that uh, also came in with some expectations. I think this year, much like the Vikings, they have uh, some players at some big positions. They also traded away a, a top receiver in the league, and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and unfortunately, they fell to 0-3. They, they lost the hard-fought battle 21-28 to the, the Steelers last week, a game in which they led at half. So uh, two teams that are staring at each other doing the Spider-Man thing in the mirror here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what are your thoughts? I, I know, you know, it seems like, Ed, we're on different ends of the spectrum, which which is weird because normally you're the positivity guy. I'm the, I'm the realistic guy, and I feel like now you've, We've lost you a little bit to uh, to the deep end, and 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 I'm trying to I'm trying to fight this thing out and hoping we can right the ship. So so, what are your thoughts coming into the Houston game? I mean, you're looking at two teams that I think are probably pretty evenly matched. Like, I think if if ever there's a game that we should be able to walk away with, I think it's this one. Um, our offense is significantly better, I think, than theirs. Is their passing offense has 19th, ours is 28th. I think after this Justin Jefferson coming out party, I think that's that's a little bit lopsided in our favor, I think, more. Um, rushing attack, obviously, much better in our favor. Defense, though, I mean, you look at Deshaun Watson, yeah, he's, he scares the hell out of me as far as defense side of the ball goes because he can, he can hit you and hurt you in two different ways on his feet and, and with his arms. So um, we've historically not had good games under Zimmer against mobile quarterbacks. So, I look at this game, and this is this is the season right here for me. Honestly, you go zero four, I don't think that's recoverable to a playoff spot. This is the season right here. You go one and four, you say, okay, we didn't have a preseason. We have a lot of young pieces. We had some injuries. We had an opt out. This this is what we're dealing with. 
and we're one and four. And from here on out, we know what we need to do. We're getting Dancer back. Hopefully, we're getting Hughes back. Hopefully, we're getting Daniel back. Hopefully, we can make a stretch run. But it starts when you're one and three. If you're zero and four, I don't think I don't think you can climb out of that hole realistically against the rest of this uh, this conference. I just don't think you can do it. So this to me is is the entire season against Houston right now. And I think it's the same on the Houston side of the ball. You look at the AFC, and that, that conference is just stacked with juggernaut after juggernaut. They need to turn it around as much as we do. So this is this is going to be a lot of desperation play here. So it, it should be a really fun game. Um, and, you know, you could turn a believer out of me if, if the defense shows out and, and shuts down Deshaun and, and we put up a sub-20 points allowed game. If we do that, I, I think I think we win. But that's a big if right now. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think you nailed it from the season on the line from that perspective, right? From a from a are we going to get to the playoff standpoint? I think you're right. It's it's you're not going to come back from all four. Um, I think 03 is difficult enough, but the fact that you're adding in an additional playoff spot this year uh, is going to allow. Uh, certainly the way the season has started, I think you will have a team that started 0-3 make the playoffs this year. Um, just because you have 10 teams that don't have a win and you added those extra spots, math would tell me you're going to get close. You're going to probably have one of those teams sneak in. Uh, you've had a lot of injuries happen over the course of the year. I think things are going to start to almost self-level. Uh, but different podcast. Um I think you nailed it. Deshaun Watson is very scary, right? Uh, mobile quarterbacks have been a problem for Zim. I think Deshaun, in my opinion, is the top five quarterback in the league, certainly when you take mm-hmm. the youth into account and up and coming. Um, he's a guy that likes to move around, can move around, can can run, can throw it. He's got a hell of an arm. Uh, he might have less weapons than he has just because of losing DeAndre Hopkins, a, a player that a lot of people think might be the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, big guy to, to replace, but you still have Will Fuller. You have some veteran receivers there that can hurt you. And then you have David Johnson coming in trying to prove the worth of that contract and has actually been uh, a capable NFL player over the last couple weeks. So uh, they're going to be hungry. Uh, I believe this game is at Houston. Is that correct? Yeah, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. we're at Houston. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think teams are going to be hungry. Um, I look for the Vikings, though, to build off that offensive scheme. I look for them to try to run Delvin again, try to get Jefferson more involved. Something we didn't mm-hmm. mention, B.C. Johnson basically went from the number two receiver to the practice squad in the matter of a week, right? We That was – what do we make of that? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, just, I don't know if it's just one of those things where – Something just clicked with Jefferson, and he was just far and away the best second option. And a lot of the packages were basically a one-to-one swap of, of BC with Johnson. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. It's That's just incredibly weird to me because weeks one and two, BC, I think, was number two in snap count of wide receivers behind Adam Thielen. Yeah. And then now I think he had – did he even have a snap? Uh, he played five plays, so 8% of the plays. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, I I don't I don't honestly know what to make of that. Um, As opposed to Jefferson being in on seventy eight percent of the plays. So yeah, it's that's definitely a conundrum. Um, I guess I guess we'll find out. Houston, if that if there was more to that, if it was maybe he had like a mild injury that they didn't report or something like that. I I don't know honestly. It's a uh, something to watch out for sure because 
he definitely seemed like he had earned some playing time. Um, same thing also with the kick returner. Um, KJ Osborne was doing both kick return and punt return, and he was inactive. So something going on there with the, the returns where they're not happy with his decision-making or, or something there. Sure. Interesting. Um, you know, one other thing to keep in mind is uh, both of these both of these football teams have played three quality squads um, the first three weeks of the season. You know, you, you look at Minnesota playing Green Bay, Indianapolis, and Tennessee. Uh, combined record there is what? Green Bay is 3-0, Tennessee is 3-0, uh, and Indy is 2-1. So you're 8-1. Eight, eight and one. And then you've got um, you've got Houston, who played uh, Pittsburgh, who's three and zero. Baltimore's two and one, and I think Kansas City, who's three and zero. So the combined record here is eight and one, eight and one. These teams have played against some quality opponents. So um, I think you're you're going to come out and you're not going to see either team come out slow, right? They they've had they've been forced into the fire, so to speak. Um, you saw an all right performance week one, uh, week two, maybe a little bit of a slide. And then last week, both teams played good games that they wish they would have won. So um, I think we're going to have a little bit of fun on Sunday, uh, hopefully, if the game happens. And uh, can't agree with you more, man. It's it's up in the air, but season's on the line. And this is where, you, you know, you got to come to play, right? Z- this is where Zim, <laughs> Zim has to come with a good game plan, but he's also got to fire these guys up. And they got they got to be ready yeah. to go, and they got to be ready to go throughout the game. And that's, and that's the thing with this team. I mean, you have so many young players in that defense. It shouldn't take a lot to get these guys fired up to play and fired up to, to play um, aggressively. And, you know, I'm fine with guys going for the ball and, and, and being in a position to get interceptions and then failing to make the tackle and the guy going for 20, 30 yards. But be in the position to do that. You know, show me some hunger for that ball. Show me some hunger for making that big play. And, and, and just show me that you, you're growing through these these tough experiences you've had the past, you know, three games now. Um, because some some of the mistakes I'm seeing, like Holton Hill make, for instance, he's, he's made in the past three games. So I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, it's on Zimmer right now to get these guys ready to play, get these guys ready to play a, a decent Houston team um, for basically – their season life at this point. Otherwise, it's going to be a long season for the players. It's going to be a long season for the coaches. It's going to be a long season for the fans. Um, so, you know, we just got to get up and, and get there and, and play this game and get this thing turned around. And you know what? Maybe we'll be the first seven seed to win the Super Bowl. I don't know, Mike. We'll see. Well, you know, I, I think just let's throw some optimism out. You know, maybe it's having a kid, but, uh, you know, you've got the twins back against the wall, right? They need to win or they go home. You look at the Vikings this week, they need to win for sure or it's over because after this we go to Seattle for a primetime game. You've got Atlanta, a team that basically that's a bye because they, even if they're winning, are losing. Um, it's then, basically they just set themselves <laughs> on fire, basically. And then you're at Green Bay. So, you know, I think three of these next four games are this, – this is where, you know, realistically you probably got to win three of four. And so you assume that that loss – is at Seattle, uh, all joking aside, I know me and you go back and forth on that. If you can win at Houston, you can beat Atlanta, and you can go into Green Bay. At that point, you're 3-4, and four, but you've you've evened the score with Green Bay. And now you've at least got two divisional games coming up. You've got a little bit of a fight left in you, right? Uh, potentially Daniel Hunter back. You've got a defense that's got some experience. You've got Justin Jefferson. You know, at least then we've got a little bit of fun to have. But 
man, if if they come out this week and they lose, and then you're staring down at Seattle and then Atlanta at Green Bay, I think you're right. At that point, you might be staring 0-6, uh, 0-6 in the face, and, and that's 0-6 is where people start to lose their jobs. People start to shake things up. Um, <laughs> 0-6 isn't fun for anybody. We don't we don't want to get there. No, I, I don't think I don't think any anyone in the Vikings organization wants to get there either. So that's why this game I think is going to be especially interesting because I think anything that they're they were hoping to save for later on in the year in the playbooks it's going to get dusted off for this this fourth game of the season. Because they need to spice it up. They definitely need to get Jefferson, keep him involved, um, and, and just get this thing going again. Like like I said, you know, maybe we're the first seven seed that wins the Super Bowl. Maybe maybe that's our destiny here, Mike. I don't know, but starts it starts this week with Houston if we play. If it gets postponed, it gets postponed. But it's got to start somewhere, and why not here? It does. So let's get to uh, let's get to the predictions, right? All right, you go first, Mike. Uh, this might be my last chance for optimism. As you know, that we could be uh, 4-0, and I would predict us to lose probably by 10 in Seattle. So um, I better get us that W this week. I'm going to say 34-30 Vikings win. All right. This might be the last time I do this this season, but I'm going to predict Vikings <laughs> Vikings finally get a win. Okay, they finally get a win. Um, 24 to 23. Oh, all right. They're able, they're able to hold on to a one-point win and shut down the Houston offense because Houston's going to have a chance for it at the end. And Mike Zimmer's defense is going to show up, and they're going to shut him down, and we're going to be able to kneel our way to victory. I love it. But I love I it. I, I I think I think that's that's about the last ounce of optimism I can generate this year if we don't get a win under our belts. I'm sick and tired of looking at the loss column, Mike. Well, I, I feel I felt a little shred of optimism there. All of a sudden, it became the Skulljurs podcast again instead of the Skulljur podcast. So that's, oh, uh, that's so. <laughs> you you might reel me back in, but it's it's got to start this week, Mike. It's got to start this week. All right, let's do it, baby. All right, let's go, baby. Skull. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.